This is Flip Gordon, and you are listening to Wrestling POV Podcast. What's going on, everybody? It's MLW's Kiro Kwan, representing the Contra Unit, and we're here with Wrestling POV's Global Entertainment Podcast. This is the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, and you are listening to the Wrestling POV Podcast. What's up? This is Jeff Cobb. You're listening to WPOV Global. Hey, wrestling fans. Welcome to another edition of WPOV Global. I'm your host, the legend T. James Logan. With me, my co-hosts in isolation, locked down, sweated out, but they ain't in prison, Teddy Hart. We're talking about the gentleman, Elio Canella. What's going on? The liberated. What's happening, gentlemen? Hey, sorry I talked over you there for a second, Elio. How's it going, brother? I'm good. Good, good. And Ant, you doing good, buddy? Doing all right. How about you? Well, I'm like probably, I don't know, two days from grabbing a knife and going on a neighborhood staff free. <laughs> it's so boring in this place. Um, I'm thinking cops tasing me and beat me might be the only excitement I get in my life right now. Oh, no. <laughs> you you can watch only so much television, listen to so much Russian music. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm at the ends of my words here, man. It, it's reminding me of that episode of Family Guy. Do you remember when Quagmire discovered that there was porn on the internet for free? And then he <laughs> sat down for a week and watched every last bit, and there was like no more left, and he was didn't know what to do with his life anymore? Kind of feeling that from all the television and stuff I've been trying to occupy myself with, but it's not helping. <laughs> I got to tell you guys, um, I, you know, and it seems like wrestling is also kind of on a bit of a, I mentioned in my article this week, uh-huh, plug the article, on uh, our Facebook page, uh, my literary view of MLW, I mentioned how there really is a lot of shutdown in wrestling right now. And all the smaller companies, there's nothing going on. And even bigger companies, I'm going to get into that to, in the news today. Uh, and then there's the weird stuff. I mean, we've seen WWE and AEW. They've tried uh, the no people in the audience thing. They've tried a couple people in the audience thing. Uh, and we're, we're going to get into that today when we talk about it. Um, my only saving grace, and I said this, for fans who want to watch some good wrestling that doesn't feel super strange because there's still people in the audience, by all means, check out MLW right now. They still have at least eight episodes in the can, taped in front of large audiences. You know what? You can come, you can you can say, well, it's not new and fresh. Well, if you haven't watched it, it's new to you, right? <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, this stuff is only a couple weeks old, and uh, I think it's a great introduction time now to get onto the MLW wagon because it's a darn good show. Now, Ant, I know I've been bugging you a lot. Have you had a chance to watch any MLW? I have. And I have to say, from what I've seen, I like, of course, there are, you know, maybe some areas that can be fine, oh, yeah. polished here and there, but that's the case with every wrestling organization. No organization gets it right across the board every week in and week out, but I like what I've seen. Excellent, excellent. You know, they've got some good stuff going on. They've got some crappy stuff going on. I'm a little bit scared when they go back to Mexico for their AAA stuff, because uh, me and Elio, we sat through weeks of terrible AW, or AAA, uh, AAA, MLW crossover, mm-hmm. and it wasn't good. It wasn't good. But I really, I really want to see how they're going to get around this killer cross thing now, though. Yes, me too. That uh, you know, they hyped the shit out of this guy. He shows up for, and let's be honest, folks. They they made it into two episodes, but it was really one night, and they kind of made it. It was the old wrestling crap where they pull a match off, the match ends unsatisfactorily with like a a group beatdown, and the other group comes out and hey, let's make it an eight man, and you know. 
and they, they, they said it on the thing to make you think it was going to happen the next week, but it definitely happened that night in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. unless everybody came back and wore the same clothes the next week. <laughs> that happened. <laughs> so then uh, they have him sort of laid out by everyone. Um, I'm not even, I can't even joke and say this guy's a good wrestler. Probably, probably the crappiest wrestler right now in King Mo lays him out backstage with an ambush. Oh, and uh, then they say, next week, we're going to talk about the status of Killer Cross. So I'm very curious to see what storyline, because there's no way in hell they're going to say, oh, he got signed by the WWE. Don't see that happen. If it do, they're idiots. <laughs> like, why would, you, why would you say that, right? <laughs> Sorry, he was signed up by a bigger, better place than us. <laughs> Anyhow, now, now, now you, people who, uh, as we record the show, we can see each other's faces. And I, I love, thank you. You, you, made, you restored my faith in humanity, Ant, when I saw you, when I said Killer Mo and that look of derision on your face. You want a place in my heart, thank you, because if you had just said to me you were a big fan of King Mo, I'm not sure how much more I could take, okay? <laughs> I don't think anyone I swear, when I read your article, I'm yeah. like, are you sure King Mo is feeling with Loki? It sounds more like TJ is feeling with King Mo. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I know I did make the, uh, the, uh, the lines that... Uh, Nobody likes King Mo, and then in brackets, I'm pretty sure even King Mo hates King Mo. The level of hatred is unparalleled. Or the or the fact is he's trying to become knockout king, but he has an iron. He has a, a glass jaw, which is a well known fact in MMA. Is that ir- irony? I, I don't understand that. <laughs> Did Shakespeare write MLW storylines? I'm, I'm very confused. <laughs> Do you know what, folks? Let's get into the show today. Uh, we're just goofing off, having some fun here. But uh, first of all, wrestling is closing down in certain places right now. We don't know for how long, but there are certain things going on. Um, New Japan, uh, one of the main reasons I ever got involved with the show was to talk about New Japan, has not run a card now for a very long time. They've announced that all through the month of April, they've canceled all their, their shows now. That is so sad. I miss New Japan. Me too. Some really good, solid, hardcore wrestling. Well, hardcore in the sense not that crap with, uh, you know, like Jimmy Havoc does, but like real hard-hitting wrestling. You miss that. Miss that. Which is actually funny because later on I'm going to bring up something which I thought was uh, kind of funny in a match that I saw. Maybe it was an AEW. Yeah, it was an AEW, so we will get a chance to talk about this. Uh, one of the women wrestlers for one second maybe had a flashback to, um, to New Japan when she started doing something to her opponent. So I just want to ask you guys about that because you never see this happen in North American wrestling. We'll get to it when we get to the AW. But uh, so, yes, New Japan, doors are shut. ROH, pretty much doors are shut. Um, AEW and WWE are still holding on, but you got to wonder for how much longer? Mm-hmm. How much, as this is getting worse, because let's face it, the numbers, I don't know how bad the numbers are where you guys are, but every single day there are more and more people getting sick here in my province. So how long can they even have cameramen and stuff? I mean, it's pretty hard to put together a ring by yourself. What do you guys think? Do you think this is... How is it still going really strong in your areas? Is it starting to plateau a bit? Uh, Ant, how, how's, how's it in Washington, man? Um, in my area, it is going pretty strong. As a matter of fact, so strong that the Washington metropolitan area, Maryland, D.C., and Virginia, all made a collective decision to 
shut down. And so the only way that we're actually allowed to leave our residence is for essential purposes, whether it's doctor's appointments or, you know, going to the grocery store to get necessities. But outside of that, shut down. And how about you? Uh, how's it looking over there? Oh, um, over here, it's pretty much it's the same, uh, only going out for groceries or if you have actually a doctor's appointment. I actually had a doctor's appointment uh, at the end of March. We just canceled that one because uh, for just to be safe. So, um, but it's not as bad here with the numbers. Mm-hmm. But it's still, like, same. Everyone's, like, in their residence. Well, I wish people in my area would take it a little more seriously because, I mean, I went out once for groceries. This is, like, day 18 since I've started staying home, and I've been out twice, two times in 18 days. So, yes, that's why I alluded to me going crazy. Um, I'm taking it very seriously because you guys know that I have, like, a uh, – I have a, a compromised immune system from being a cancer survivor, so mm-hmm. I'm at high risk. If, if I was to get this, so I'm, I'm trying to do my best to stay out of it. Mm-hmm. The last time I went out was about uh, three days ago to get some groceries. Um, there is no way in hell that people on a large scale are isolating where I'm from. There were so many people still driving out. You'd almost think wow. it, was it was ridiculous. And, um, and I see friends still hanging out and I read things and I'm just like, are you, do you take it seriously when you finally get sick? Is that it? You know? Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, I, I don't I don't really care right now about all this crap I'm hearing. Like, all these people are saying, this is a government worldwide conspiracy. It's 5G towers and all this bullshit. Oh, Jesus Christ, people. People are getting sick and dying. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, take the tinfoil off your heads and, like, take your heads out your ass with the tinfoil on it and, and just live. God, God. Anyhow, let's, uh, let's get into some wrestling. Now... Uh, we were saying, um, let's take a look at uh, a poll first of all. We did, we, we put it up. Um, I just, I know I switched this around, but let, let's talk a bit about the show we, we saw on the YouTube. Well, I saw it on YouTube. I'm not sure who really has that channel, but let's talk about the Chris Benoit two part uh, show that was uh, just put on by Vice TV. Yeah, that's uh, where I saw it. Okay, you have Vice TV? What the hell? Uh, all no, right, no, that's where I saw it on YouTube, but we do have Vice, okay. just not on the package I'm on. Okay, okay. So first of all, boy, first of all, Anton, tell me, buddy, what did you get out of this show? Um, absolute heaviness. It was tough to watch. Uh, one, because Chris Benoit for me is right there with Ric Flair in terms of my favorite wrestlers. He's my 1B to Ric Flair being 1A. Um, always enjoyed him, his intensity, you know, every, you know, he came with it and, and, and <laughs> gave his A game every time he stepped in the square circle um, to watch and, and just relive that tragedy, you know, and it took me back to where I was some years ago when it happened. To this day, I remember exactly where I was and what I was doing when the news broke. Um, just reliving that whole thing, it was tough to watch, difficult to go through. And of course, you know, you can understand how people can point the finger at Benoit and call him a monster for what was done. But then the show gave us another perspective with the CTE, which was something that many of us, you know, didn't want to consider back then. We just saw for what it was. We took the story, you know, on the surface and figured he was a monster. Now, make no mistake about it. I mean, there still had to be a conscious decision made on his part to do what was done. However, it, you know, opened our eyes to another possibility that wasn't taken into consideration when this thing was fresh 12 or 13 years ago. 
I am um, Elio. How about you, buddy? Yeah, um, I remember. I remember uh, exactly what I was doing and uh, where I was when this happened. Um, the CTE, uh, we get, we got a lot of uh, like information on like the CTE, the whole CTE aspect of it. But also, um, it was a uh, really uh, strange here hearing about like over the course of the two days he was he was still in the house with the bodies and he was like searching doing the looking up strange things on the internet like googling biblical stuff okay um it's funny anton you bring that up and i brought that up many times about uh you know having a small or very old back in high school connection with uh, chris benoit and uh i mean i have not seen him like face to face probably since high school. So I can't say we were like friends over the years, but I knew him and had a friendly relationship with him when I was in high school. And I did follow his career as he left. And uh, I was always very excited for each step up. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed all the things he did. And uh, I was a massive fan. And when the whole thing happened, I too remembered where I was. And I remember being so overwhelmed that I started crying, which was like a, a weird thing for me, you know, uh, in, in, in front of anybody. And, uh, it just really hit home that I knew this guy and he was dead. And that first day was very traumatic, very hard. And then the next day, when it comes out that he had murdered his his wife and child, I was just gobsmacked, man. I didn't know what the heck to think. And I'll be honest, when the CTE thing first came out, this was a thing, I grabbed that. I grabbed right for that because I couldn't in my mind see the imagine Chris doing this, that I, I needed that. That was my, you know, that was the, the card, the ace out of the, this hole. You know, he was messed up. He was blah, blah, blah. And for a long time, I've just kept in my head, okay, yeah, he, all the stuff to his head hurt him, all the stuff to his head hurt him. And this, uh, this documentary pulled out something, though, that I totally gloss over in my head and things that I shouldn't. Uh, and, and Elio, you're right. The fact that he wandered around for two days with dead bodies in his, his uh, house the fact that he broke his wife's back to kill her. Holy crud, dude. He didn't just like, it wasn't a painless. No, I believe he said he, he had his knee in her back. Yeah. Could you imagine how painful that must have been? Um, it's just so messed up that even the CTE can't. Okay. Even if, in my opinion, even if, oh, they're still struggling with this. Even in my point of view, if he was so damaged that he did these things. Yes, maybe he's got a ticket out of hell, but he did some really horrible, unforgivable stuff that has tainted his name. I, I used to be very mad at the WWE about erasing him, okay? Yeah. I used to think that's not fair. They're doing that because they don't want to take responsibility for, uh, you know, because they obviously contributed with it. You know, how many times did he wrestle with concussions? I wanted to say all that, right? Yep. Um, but uh, Jim Ross and Chris Jericho put it very, very well is the fact is you cannot honor his name anymore because in doing so, you glorify a person who did horrendous stuff to a woman and an innocent child. And it doesn't matter what the circumstances were. It doesn't matter that uh, there was some kind of medical reason. It doesn't change the fact he broke his wife's back and murdered his child. That can't change. And if you were to like glorify him, then we're glorifying a, a murderer in any sense of the word. There, there's, there's nothing that can escape that. There's nothing that can change that fact. Um, plus, there's got to be the, folk, the, the kind of focal point is if you were uh, lucid enough to go on the internet and look up uh, things 
You can't tell me you were lucid enough to walk outside when this rage overcame you or turn yourself into the police or get help or something at that last moment. But you could look up stories about Bible stuff and how to kill yourself. And let's not forget, let's not forget about the call that he made to Chavo Guerrero saying that both Nancy and Daniel were, you know, sick with some sort of stomach virus. Yeah, food poisoning. He said it was, yeah, it was definitely some calculation involved with this, even with the CTE, even with you know, with other other issues were going on with him. There was still some calculation and some planning involved with this. And so, yeah. Now, uh, I want to bring up this. This, you know, I didn't quite get this, and I, I don't know, maybe, but. Uh, Tony over on uh, POV brought up this maybe this this theory of a homosexual relationship between Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero. Did you guys feel that at all? I actually read a comment under the video, like mm-hmm. a couple of people were uh, bringing that up. Mm-hmm. That theory, uh, I, I don't, I didn't see anything there. And I've never considered that. I mean, looking at the Eddie Guerrero tribute show when he died and just, you know, how much Benoit was wailing and crying and, you know, just looking at how difficult it was for him to process. It was evident that their relationship maybe had some abnormality to it. It wasn't just a typical friendship or brotherhood. I don't know the extent as to what it was, but it was evident that it wasn't a normal friendship, at least in Benoit's eyes, you know, just looking at how difficult it was for him to process that Eddie was no longer with us. And, you know, even looking at Dark Side of the Ring and how they talk about his inability to get over it and how, you know, he would go, you know, whenever he came to the Guerrero's household and he would sit in Eddie's weight room and just sit there and just sulk and, and, and just, you know, be in this place of, of, of depression and isolation. It was evident that this was not a normal friendship. I don't know to what extent, but this wasn't normal. Okay. Um, you know what? I'm going to 100% agree with you, Ed, um, but I'm going to disagree with the people who, who say that it, it, that is a sign that it went like to a homosexual thing, because I don't think it needed to be that, but it does happen. And even in our lives, if we really were honest with each other, and I don't want you guys to name it or even say yes or no, but if you guys really think about it, there has been at least one or two times in your life where you've become unreasonably obsessed with someone else, unreasonably. But we didn't have that luxury of them being killed and taken away. Usually that obsession would wear out or something would happen and we'd move on. But we've all been there where whether it be a guy, a girl, a relative, something, we've all had some weird, deep obsession for some unknown reason that's made us gravitate very strongly to someone else. So imagine that you have that sort of bond. You, you, you know, you're, you're almost brothers, but even more, you guys are, everything clicks. You guys are the guys who like, we're there for each other. You, you know, you start like, I mean, the WWE built their careers on the same plateau together. They became champions almost the same time they did. You know, they mirrored everything in each other, but they were also friends. So it's almost easy to see how they started becoming so enraptured in each other's life. And then to have the person who has just been set up and, and, and grown to and been apart so close to you ripped away out of nothing has to be traumatic. Um, I think, yes, it was unhealthy, unreasonable, maybe a bit uh, um, obsessive, well, maybe a lot obsessive, but I don't think you really need to have any kind of sexual uh, coupling in there to make that part of the deal, you know? I think uh, a man can be obsessed with another man and not have sexual feelings for them, you know? You can be, you could admire and care so much for another man 
And it would break your heart to that guy died, boom, like that, when you realized that. I get that. And maybe, you know, maybe there was little things. Maybe the, the slight brain damage was, how, was, was what was uh, keeping Chris from processing and moving on. We don't know. So I'm, I want to say, and I don't know if you guys agree with me, but I'm going to say a big no vote on the homosexuality issue between them. That's two. Uh, Elio? Yeah, I'm going to say no. I, I, was, I didn't see anything there. Okay. Now, guys, uh, fans, I've known the story for a long time. I've seen other videos of it. I've seen news reports of it. I've seen things of it. But I got to tell you, this delved deep into some really stuff. Holy crap, it was hard not crying watching the last 30 minutes of that, you know? Uh, hearing details like from Chavo Guerrero, heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. Stuff from Vicky, heartbreaking. Yep. Um, really tough stuff. And I got to say, it also softened my stance on, um, on uh, David Benoit. Um, I was actually, when I'd heard that he wanted to wrestle and people were like not letting him use the name and stuff. And I was just like, I was just like, Oh, what is this goof thinking? Blah, 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 blah. blah. But then after watching it, I got that same feeling that like I would have been like him too. Like, how could you not have been? He never saw the horrible parts of his father. He never got to see the destruction and the death. All he got to know was the guy that he loved who was once considered the best rest of the world has now been erased. So how could you not feel like that? You know? So uh, Antoine, would you suggest people watching this? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Because you'll get a perspective of the whole Benoit story that you didn't get from your CNNs and your WWEs and other outlets that told this story over the last 12 to 13 years. And uh, how about you, Elio? Yep, definitely. Because um, like Ann just said, um, you get the, the whole picture. They're not just one side. You get to know even more details about what really went on at that time. I, I would suggest watching it. The only points of things that I didn't, I wish they had addressed a little more is because it's become part of this narrative, part of this uh, the misinformations and legends about this, is I really wish they worked harder and got some more out of Kevin Sullivan, just so that we could, in our minds, just say, yes, he had nothing to do with it, instead of just, he, he, he declined to comment. Um, I, I really wish they had just dug a little bit more into that. So, But other than that, pretty, pretty heavy-duty stuff. And uh, it, it's, it's tough when uh, the real world comes too harsh into wrestling. You know, it really is. Um, the next topic I want to talk about is another thing. Uh, we find ourselves looking at another situation that involving wrestlers that has nothing to do with wrestling. And that's our uh, ongoing talking about Teddy Hart. Mm -hmm. As many people know, Teddy Hart was arrested uh, weeks ago uh, in possession with a lot of, uh, I guess it was uh, marijuana and uh, was it human growth or was it steroids? It was one of the two. I think it was a steroids. I think it was steroids. Okay, so he was uh, in possession with this, and they he had enough of it that they uh, said, uh, what do they call that? Uh, intent to distribute? Is that what it is? Kind of saying you're a drug dealer? Yeah. Which I, which I want to remind people who don't really understand that, that uh, say you have 10 grams of something, they could consider that personal, right? But if you had one extra over the limit, you're now considered a drug dealer possible. And they label you as that, oh, despite wow. the fact you could be just using that one extra thing. So to, to say, I do not in my head ever believe that Teddy Hart is a drug dealer. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes, he is a drug fanatic. I know that. I've met him. I know what he's, like. <laughs> he's been stoned probably half the times I've ever dealt with him. But it's his way of coping. And I guess, you know what? In Canada, marijuana is now legal. So it's kind of hard thing to let him be do it for free. You know, do it up here and then not where he's down there. Um, 
However, then the news came out that he was rearrested for aggravated assault, including, uh, I'm not sure what the exact words were, but strangulation. No, uh, they, anyways, it boils down to that he choked somebody with the intent to injure. And at first I thought, oh my goodness, who's this? And then it turns out it's his girlfriend. And I got to tell you, just like, just like every one of you, we were all like, throw that motherfucker under the bus. Really? You choked out your girlfriend, Teddy Hart? You're a guy who's been fighting since he was six years old, trained by one of the most lethal um, finisher guys ever in the heart in the heart dungeon. You're trained to really hurt people, and you hurt your girlfriend. So I was pretty ticked about this, and I was ready to write off Teddy Hart. Okay. However, a couple days ago, a YouTube video surfaces with Teddy Hart's girlfriend talking about this. Now, I talked beforehand. I got Elio to see this. I didn't get to to tell uh, Ant in time. So Ant is going to um, Ant is going to probably watch this, and we'll get some feedback from him uh, after the fact of the show. But um, first of all, did it change your first impressions, Elio, from what you thought when you heard those charges to what she said in her video? Uh, yeah, because uh, watching this, when I first saw the video, uh, it was posted online. I was like, oh no, what again? What's to, what's Teddy Hart doing now? Like. You know, getting himself arrested. He just uh, got out, and now he's back in. And then I went and I saw the the video, and you got the the other side of the story. So now you know, okay, he wasn't really trying to harm anyone. It was uh, they were just they were just uh, putting uh, wrestling holes on each other, and um, a guy got out of hand, and a third party was called in to help. But I think uh, that guy. Uh, Ace, whatever his name was. Ace Montana, I believe it was. Yeah. So I think, okay, like he, he met well like, with the going over the help, but then he posts a video online without uh, permission. And he, he's making t-shirts, doing podcasts, so you have to wonder, like, if he did this just for himself. Well, you know what? Uh, there's so many stories about low-level indie guys being total scumbags, and this guy sounds like a scumbag. Yeah, because we, um, we, we know Teddy Hart's history, but um, I don't think he really go out of his way to like, purposely hurt anyone. Well, even, even the girlfriend says, she's like, yeah. uh, it sure looks like he's trying to profit off of Teddy's name. You know, mm-hmm. he, Instead of coming over to be my hero to just you know help me out a bit, he comes down with a gun, which... Elio, I disagree thinking he went over there with a good idea. I think he went over there the whole time with this idea that he was going to make his name by being the hero that rescued the girl from Teddy Hart, the monster. So it just, like I said, it just makes me really wonder if here's somebody trying to profit off somebody's name, okay? Because nobody in the world has ever heard of Ace Montana. I've never heard of them. Yeah, now all of a sudden he's selling T-shirts with, believe it or not, a, a quote that he said on the video as he was threatening uh, Teddy Hart. He's marketing that. Uh, he's, he, uh, I guess when Maria asked him not to take, it down, to take it down on Facebook, he did, but then he went onto YouTube and shared a whole bunch of the video everywhere and has been being interviewed. People want to talk to him. So he's making a career out of not really doing anything except pulling a gun on a guy. I have problems with that, guys. I have problems yeah, not, not cool. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe fans out there, you know who Ace Montana is and you think he's a legit guy and he's never <laughs> do anything. Please tell us. But I have a very no, stupid feeling that it's never going to happen. <laughs> now, Anton, I need you to, when you get a chance, watch that video. We'll get, uh, I'll get uh, Elio to send you a link for it. Uh, check it out and, and, and tell me changes. Here's the thing. 
we know what our first, first of all, yes, and what was your first reaction when you read that Teddy Hart was being charged for choking and assaulting his girlfriend with the intent to harm her? What, what, what popped in your head? Oh, no, not again. Mm -hmm. I mean, because a few weeks ago, he just had the issue with the drugs. And I'm like, okay, that the ink hasn't even dried on those charges on the, uh, I guess, police documents or whatever yet. And here you are going to jail yet again. So initially, you know, I'm thinking to myself, Teddy is in need of some serious help, man. What's going on here? Did you think he was a scumbag for this? Oh, initially, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And Elio, the same. Did you feel... Uh, when you read this part about Teddy, did it change what you thought of the character of Teddy Hart? Did it make it worse? Was it the I'm same? I'm sorry, when, when I read uh, the charges? When you read the charges, you, yeah. there were no details yet. Did it make yeah, it think, oh, I, I, this I was guy like, is oh, a scumbag? Man, what is going on? Like, this guy is like, this is like really bad. I mean, to get arrested on uh, drug charges is one thing, but now like uh, choking out someone out. Yeah, no, especially your girlfriend. And he's a yeah. guy and he's a wrestler. Yep. <sighs> I mean, I've known Teddy Hart for a long time. When I, I read this, I said to my wife, if this is true, I, I've kind of had it with Teddy Hart. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to like, you know, if he's done this like to his girlfriend for fun, come on, man. You know, yeah. yeah. Okay, sure, Ma- Maria Menick is a bigger girl. Uh, she's a girl still. <laughs> right? <laughs> and it's not like Teddy Hart is like a tidy little man. He's a solid dude, okay? Um, but I'm glad this video... If, if this is the 100% truth, I'm glad she did it. Like, I'm hopefully, uh, people need to look at these things with an unbiased view. And unfortunately, uh, Teddy Hart's now going in with two guns against his head because not only does he have to deal with these drug charges, now this makes him look like a piece of shit, probably to any judge out there. So hopefully people will re- hear what this lady said and that stuff isn't taken into account and this other stuff is dealt with. If, it's, if he didn't do it, there's no, you don't do the time if you didn't do the crime. Absolutely. I love rhyming. All right. <laughs> you know what? Let's, let's get it out of this depressing things. My God, we're talking uh, murder-suicides. We're talking... Wrestling is supposed to be Uh-oh. fun. What's going on? Yeah, what the heck? Let's get into some <laughs> AEW. First off, guys, I got to say, thank God they went back to having a couple people in the crowd. Because this like was this. fun See, like the first this, this is what I was talking about. I like this better than having everyone like backstage. Yep. And then just like a little camera, a little box, picture-in-picture thing. And? I can't agree more. Um, it was better to have some sort of interaction, you know, come mm-hmm. throughout the arena in response to the in-ring product than having the personalities in the locker room. I kind of get what they were trying to do. And, you know, it's one of those mm-hmm. things where I guess you got to experiment. But there's no adage that says, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. Um I got to say, I did get a kick out of the fact that most of them were six feet apart. <laughs> and they make references to that. <laughs> like even when, uh, when the, uh, what's her name? Haruda? Hey, hey Guru, she that was going to go up, walk up to Britt Baker. Britt Baker's like yeah, six Britt feet like, apart. Six feet. <laughs> <laughs> Although I did notice that Jimmy Havoc was very quick to jump Cody when he had a chance. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> All right. So, Yes. Definitely a step up in the fun factor. It made it feel a little more, I don't know, there, there was a bit of energy that you just don't get in an empty room, guys. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that right off the bat. Okay, uh, however, let's start off with our first match. Uh, Trent with Chuck and Orange Cassidy taking on Kenny Omega. First of all, Ant, what did this? What do you see this match and what did it do for you? It was a great opening to the card. It was a nice blend of, fundamental wrestling and I guess 
hardcore wrestling, if you will, or, or, or you know, abandoning the rule book yeah. just a little bit when the action, you know, was inside, still to the outside. You had that moment where uh, where uh, Omega had power bombed Beretta to the uh, what is that pillar or whatever? Yeah, that was, just really some color of the that was really cool. So I really liked the mix that that match offered, and it was rather intense. Like they were hitting each other with some shots. It was a, a great start. Okay. Uh, Elio? Yep, really great uh, opening match. So you can uh, really enjoy the, all the uh, inside, in-ring, outside ring. Omega going uh, for the for the hug and hug. Orange Cassie, if you're going to walk up and hug him. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, uh, I got to tell you guys. Oh, sorry. Go no, but, but uh, that, uh, it's a really great match, great opener. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if this would have... I think it would have worked either way as, as an opening match or a main event. Okay, yeah. Uh, I think my only problem with it was is it was way too long. And I think without the without an actual crowd, I think mm-hmm. if the crowd had been there, it would have made that energy. It wouldn't feel so loud because you get wrapped up into what people are feeling. You get into the emotion. So I honestly, like, I liked it. But as, as I'm watching, I think, and God, I wish this was two matches. Like, a, you know, they could have cut it in half and, did the first match and it just it went on a long time it was like it went 19 minutes that match wow and um i lost count uh, it, it just, at, at one point yeah it went to 19 minutes it was and i think it was a 20 minute tag or 20 minute time limit so it went to like the last minute oh yeah yeah um, uh, omega got a win i think exactly one minute left absolutely yeah it, i mean because it was like they were teasing a potential draw you know what i mean yeah Right. And I'm like, wait a minute, is Beretta, is Beretta going to win? This is going to go to a draw. I was really pulled in, and then Omega was able to pull out his last-minute V-trigger one-wing and angel combo. The only thing I didn't like in this whole match, uh, whole story plot-wise, was uh, Trent Beretta stomping on Kenny Omega's hand continually, only because they've been trying to portray him as a good guy and this kind of behavior is what makes him kind of seem like a dick. And it kind of undoes. And, and Trent really needs a personality. They really need to give this guy a personality. And flip-flopping between him being a good, really nice guy and a dick only confuses the audience. They just walk. I know him from watching New Japan. But I see people who kind of see him as generic and they don't recognize his personality because he doesn't stick that's, that's like personality. That's like something we were talking about on a, on a previous episode where... One guy is acting as a heel in one company and I face another company. Yeah. Unfortunately, with television, these things, it does become a factor. It does become a factor. And uh, sometimes work rate isn't enough to just give you a solid pass as a guy. You need to have some kind of personality. And unfortunately, it seems that Trent is definitely a guy that kind of flip-flop his personality a lot. Sometimes he's the rah-rah, let's go, guys. Other times he's like, there's a dick stabbing you in the back. So... <laughs> That's a kind of a mixed message, really. <laughs> I'm not sure if I mean, Ant, do you agree on that? If you don't, by all means. Um, I kind of don't only because I feel like as intense and as hard hitting as the match was, it was okay for Trent, mm-hmm. you know, have some sort of edge about him. It was okay for him to okay. kind of you know go outside of his hey, we're the best friends boxing. You know, it shows yeah. some edge and show that hey, I can get serious when I want to. So I, I was cool. With it, um, I guess mm-hmm. as we move forward, if we do see more inconsistencies with this character and the direction mm-hmm. of it, then, you know, I think that'll be a more legitimate right move forward. Okay. I, I guess I just, I, I've been tracking Best Friends a bit, and may, yeah. mostly we've been just, like, all of us distracted on how much we hate Chuck E.T., yeah. that 
we kind of give Trent a big pass. But then when I've been watching it, I'm like, they're not doing Trent a lot of favors here because the problem here is, as much as we look at it, the general fans don't think very much of Trent Beretta either way. They don't hate him. They don't like him. He's kind of static. And that's unfortunate because he's a damn good competitor. And I've seen him do a lot of stuff. I'm just saying this kind of behavior, just that kind of booking, sorry, that kind of booking is just what doesn't get fans onto either train. If you're not consistent enough, it's really easy just to not jump off the train, you know? So, okay. So, uh, Elio, what did you, you like the match? Uh, I, I say all in all, all of us gave it a pretty good thumbs yep. up. I mean, it wasn't great thumbs because up. I thought it was a little too long without a crowd. If there had been a crowd there, I would have loved that match. And it's not that I don't like love, uh, like, I don't love long matches. I watch New Japan, guys. I've sat through like one hour <laughs> Kenny Omega draws for Pete's sakes. Like, I've seen yep. Okada matches, like 90 minutes. I mean, it's, it's, that's not the thing. It's just sometimes if you can't have the energy, it's kind of like people going through the motions after a while, mm-hmm. no matter how cool the motions look. All right. So um, going on next. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay. Um, Hikiro uh, Shida. I always say, why do I struggle with that name? Hikiro Shida. Hikiro Shida. Taking on Anna J. Uh, let's with two, uh, with two with Ys. What do you think of this match? With two, two Ys. <laughs> yeah. And two Ns. Anyway, <laughs> she came um, double stacked. Boom, boom. Anyways, I've seen this. This um, wasn't a bad match. It was uh, better than most that we've seen in pa- on past episodes. Okay, all right. What did you think of this match, uh, Ant? In the beginning, I felt like there was a little, I guess, discomfort on Anna Jay's part. You kind of see some hesitation on her end. But as the match progressed, she was able to establish more of a rhythm and she and she were able to play off one another well, establish rhythm and overall give us a pretty good match. I don't know if she is officially signed with AEW or not, but if they do decide to bring her aboard, I think she'll be a welcome addition to a women's division that's still trying to find its way. Okay. Now, I, yeah. Well, well, speaking of the women's division, I have to ask. I sent you both that link uh, last week. What do you think about that Abaddon uh, woman that was on AW Dark? Oh man! <laughs> um, wow. Uh, I'm not the biggest guy for just pure gimmicks, so she's gonna have to show me a little more wrestling for me to want to right? get behind her. I don't mind a very strong gimmick if you have like look at rosemary at least rosemary has the talent to back this big ass ridiculous character um i'm not sure of this girl's talent level yet because she didn't really show me that much in this match so i'm gonna say i don't don't try to be what's out here or whatever but i'm gonna say jury's out for me for now okay yeah see where she goes and fun um same here you can have the gimmick but if there's no wrestling to complement the gimmick then it's pointless so it's a wait and see thing for me yeah i mean i i want to see more from this one because uh i'm a rob zombie fan but the whole gimmick thing is just a little too weird even for me yeah and that there's one there's one uh problem with it if she doesn't have the wrestling to back it up this will die because it's too freaky looking um she it's like you go to a line and that's where you stop. But no, she went over the line. So if she doesn't have that to back, she's just going to be washed away as just a ridiculous character. Like, remember the zombie guy they used to have in old ECW days? Who the hell is yeah. that guy? We don't know. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, so, so sorry, yes. Uh, now, when this match started, okay, uh, I realized that it's hard to get talent right now. They're using uh, local talents. or and, and this girl, by the way, I don't know if you guys caught this, but she's a graduate of QT Marshall's wrestling school. 
Oh, so there's okay. there's her into the company. So she may not even be used again. And they also mentioned that she had just come off of a a six month recovery for uh, shoulder surgery. Okay. So already, I mean, she hasn't even started the big times and she's taken a surgery. So that's always a bit of a warning sign. Um, so she gets in. I first look at her. I'm like, okay, at least she looks like an attractive wrestler. She doesn't look like just somebody who threw on some costume, right? Uh, maybe if anything, she looked a little overly pretty for a wrestler. First, the match starts and I'm like, oh God, she's not good at all. She is stiff. She doesn't know where to run. She looks lost some of the times going into the rings. She's green as shit. I'm thinking, okay, this is a squash match, okay? But then she actually started doing some things. It did. It looked like she finally relaxed halfway through the match, started letting her training take over, got a little bit of confidence. And she actually, that second half of the match was actually pretty entertaining, okay? Um, I am every week growing to like Sheeta more and more. At first, when she was first thrown at me, I felt like they were ramming her down my throat. This is our number one contender. You better like her. I'm like, who the hell is she? But I'm starting to really enjoy her uh, each week more and more. I, I'm, I'm, getting a, I'm getting a feel for her her, her move set, uh, her power, her, her stuff. I like her. She did something in this match, which was so New Japan. I don't know if you guys... Now, Anton, I know you, you don't maybe not watch enough New Japan. You might not have caught this subtlety because you need to watch lots of Japan. I know you watched a lot of New Japan with me, Elio. Uh, she did something that Tomohiro Ishii does to his opponents quite a bit. And it's kind of a trademark thing that a lot of New Japan wrestlers do to each other. And that's when you get your opponent down and you've nailed him with a devastating move. You step back and then you walk forward and you lightly kick them in the face or humiliate them or rub their face with your foot. Like, come on, punk. Yep. Get up, Adam. Yep. Come on. Yep. Come on, oh, show yeah. me voice yeah, bag yeah. what you got. And she got up and they started changing shots. You never see that in North American wrestling. So I was like, whoa. <laughs> that's a really right. different twist you know she does uh falling back on some old J japanese training i i challenge you guys to show me any match <laughs> in regular aew or wwe that, that somebody's done that i can't think of it in that style so wow you know that that kind of i found that interesting and i found that a new dimension especially to Shida, because it shows that she uh, is obviously uh, a proponent strong style and strong style means you stand there and you slap the shit because <laughs> so yeah um, all in all uh there was no doubt that anna jay was going to lose this match she needs a little more work and confidence but uh, and she's definitely very pretty for a wrestler so you know she has a good future if she can get down the wrestling that's always for me getting down the wrestling right all right it's so long for lance archer to make his debut and they throw him in there against that monster of a man. Yes, that's a shout out to my old host, uh, Marco Stunt. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, Anton, do, do you know what I'm talking about right now? <laughs> um, when the show originally started, I, I had a different host. He only lasted two episodes. But he refused to watch anything that wasn't ROH. So he would uh, tell me that he watched New Japan. And then after the show, he'd tell me, yeah, I didn't really watch it. I just kind of bullshitted. But you could tell because he would say the most ridiculous things that you obviously, if you were, you knew the wrestlers at all, you would be like, what is he talking about? <laughs> and what he would do is take something like, say he read that Marco Stunt fought Lance Archer. He'd be like, Marco Stunt, what a giant of a man. I mean, so big, so strong and powerful. You, you know, that kind of happened once on air where he was describing a wow. five wow. foot five, 135 pound man as being a giant monster of a man who tore through everybody. But the Marco stud, uh, I'm going to start this one. 
We've been waiting for Lance Archer, and I seen him all last summer. He was awesome in the G1. He had some goals run within New Japan, and then he comes over, and I get it. Lots of American fans do not watch New Japan. I mean, maybe if you're an old-time American wrestling fan, you remember him as Lance Hoyt back at TNA days, back when he was with Kid Cash. But I mean, well, that's like 10, 12 years ago. You know, that's a quite a while. Um, so I was excited to see this. And then they bring out Marco Stunt. And there's just so many reasons for me why Marco Stunt's always the wrong guy to use in situations. And yes, they needed a squash match. But is it really a squash when it's a guy that everyone on the entire roster can squash? Does that make you look impressive if you beat up the weakest dude ever? I don't know. Did not think it was a great way to, to show him. Uh, did like uh, Jake Roberts' uh, promo ahead of time. Looked kind of cool. At first, I thought that was his entrance. And I'm like, is his entrance always going to be, you know, Jake Roberts threatening his opponent with something? Like, that's kind of weird. But, uh, yeah, Marco Stunt. There was, I don't think even Marco Stunt's mother believed he had <laughs> I mean, he, he took a beating before the bell rang. When he, did you see when he walked up to Lance Archer? And Archer kicked him down, boom. That <laughs> even started, and he was almost out. This is like, not a good idea, not a good idea. And tell me what you think, brother. So, yeah, I am familiar with Lance as a result of New Japan as well as TNA. And so, you know, of course, really looking forward to see what he does here in AEW. And he completely ran through Marco Stutt. You know, when I heard the when I heard the Jurassic Express music, I was thinking maybe at least Jungle Boy. If not Luchasaurus, I'm thinking at least Jungle Boy, but here comes Marco Stutt. Stutt, I guess, feels brave, steps up to Archer, and Archer borderline decapitates him with the clothesline. I mean, he got off maybe, what, one or two offensive moves, but, I mean, we it we had do. squash, yeah, and it had squash written all over it. I mean, I yep. get that they, you know, want to make him look good, especially for his eventual meeting with Cody, which we can get into later on. But I don't know. I think maybe they could have went another. You know, they could have went with another option outside of Marcos. All right. Uh, the, this with this was exactly what it was. It was just a squash match. Uh, they could have had a better, yeah, like Ann said, they could have had a better opponent for Lance Archer's uh, debut. It was just that. It was just a squash match. It wasn't that great. Never have I wished for Chico Adams back so bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? To be honest, you know, it probably would have served them better to have Luchasaurus and have the two of them, like, put on, like, a giant clash where both of them knock each other out of the ring or get disqualified or whatever. That would have served better. Um because seriously, did Lance Archer, like I said, did Lance Archer look tough beating up the weakest guy? Probably not. You know, it didn't do anything to put any of the mystique on him. So, well, all right, I, next I, we I cut mean, to, and I've got to say this, guys, I am not, sorry, who would have thought? No, I was saying, who would have thought it was uh, him? He would be the first <laughs> Well, I guess if we, yeah. Uh, next we cut over, and i got to say this, guys, I am not digging Brody Lee's, um, the, these character vignettes. I'm not digging it at all. It's not making him look strong, cool, mystique, nothing. If anything, it's making him kind of look like a jackass who's really tall. Uh, Ellie, what did you get out of this? Okay, so uh, if this isn't what they're, they're going to do with Brody Lee, I, this is not good. I don't, I don't like it because every week it seems that in some way or other, they're taking shots at WWE or Vince McMahon and I think AEW is better than that. They don't need to be doing this stuff. I mean, is this why they brought him in? I just, I'm not liking these vignettes, these, uh, vignettes they have. Okay. And? Okay, so 
when a wrestler leaves one organization and joins another, me personally, I give that wrestler a two-shot minimum at its former company, mm-hmm. too. When you exceed two, it loses its stain for me. It's stale. Yep. And so every week that we've seen Brody Lee, he's taking some sort of shot at Vince McMahon. And for me, it comes off as if he has butt hurt. Okay, things didn't work out with you and WWE. That's fine. You have a new opportunity. You have a chance to create a new identity and to completely, you know, show WWE that they dropped the ball by not utilizing you the way they should have without the constant references. Just let your work do the talking for you. So if this is what we're going to see every time we see Brody Lee, mm, I'm, I'm, I'll be over it in no time. Well, another thing I think is interesting to note here is I saw an interview recently with Brody Lee talking about his frustrations uh, in WWE when he would come up with ideas to switch his character and Vince would put, wouldn't listen to any of it, right? But then I'm watching this and I'm thinking, if this was the, your idea of what you wanted to do, you should thank Vince he didn't let you do it because this is crap. I mean, the whole idea here was we were hoping that the exalted one was going to take the new order, which had some interest and then just was starting to nosedive that this Exalted One character, a big name, would come in and make it relevant. If anything, it's not even, it's just the same level crap. It's still going down because Brody Lee does not look terrifying. He does not look diabolical or scary. He looks like an overgrown man with a beard who's a dick. And also there was another uh, part in that entry in the interview I heard. Uh Um, He was asked about that. when that out of touch old man reference, he's like, oh, I think I, can, I think that can be applied to anyone. I don't think it was applied to one specific person, but I think we know we all know better than that, though. That well, it, let's even put aside that. Let's say it wasn't a shot at um, Vince McMahon at all. Okay, let's just say that okay. it still wasn't interesting, effective, or good. No. It was still crap. Yep. You can polish a turd so many times, it's not going to turn gold. It's still a piece <laughs> of shit. And, that, and that's the point of this that he seems yep. to be missing is. You can't polish turds and give them to us. Um, then uh, this has got to be, to me, the worst part of the whole night. Uh, the nightmare, um, what do they call themselves? Uh, the natural, natural nightmare versus the dark order. Eight and nine. The, this, yeah, eight <laughs> and nine. It, it was a night of squashes. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure those were key grips with masks on. At least the guy who took the, the end. Uh and <laughs> what do you think of the natural nightmares versus the dark order? So the first thought that came to mind was Brody Lee, uh, Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, Silver Reynolds. Oh, right. And then you're telling us these guys are eight and nine. Well, what about six and seven? Because it looks to me like your math is off. <laughs> that was the first thing. I'm like, wow. So you guys couldn't come up with any other way to name these two dark order members? outside of numbers, eight and nine. That's terrible. And again, if the purpose of Brody Lee is to come in and elevate the legitimacy of the Dark Order and help them to become a legitimate stable, Mm -hmm. why didn't that match suggest that was the case? I mean, it was, that match was a borderline squash, or or you much call it a squash. And afterwards, here comes Brody Lee. I'm thinking, okay, these guys are going to shake off the beat. They just took from the natural nightmares. They're going to jump the natural nightmares and do something to establish themselves as a credible, legitimate stable. Instead, Brody Lee goes in power bombs, eight or nine, whichever one it was that took the loss. He goes, stares, at, <laughs> stares at the other one and then walks off. 
I, I don't know what's happening with this Dark Order thing, but it is not going as many of us have. Okay. No. All right, Elliot, what did you think? No, this was terrible. Neither squashes like Antoine said. It was just, it was just uh, not really good. I mean, eight nine, you bring these guys in, then uh, Brody comes out, just power bombs uh, whoever, whichever one it was. I was like. As soon as I saw these guys come out, because I'm like, the National Nightmares are introduced first. Then they're like, we get a Dark Order. As soon as I saw these guys, I'm like, here we go, squash. This was I my really little think point if you want me. to establish, Oh, yeah, yeah. I think if you wanted to establish the Dark Order, I think, wasn't that the point? It wasn't like we're just trying to make Brody Lee the wrestler. I thought the point was to establish the Dark Order. I think they would have been more serviced if they'd had Reynolds and uh, Silver out there and have a, a competitive match show that Brody Lee, that they're getting more powerful, maybe really either win or put up a tremendous battle against the Nightmares. That would have made much more sense and built the, the Dark Order, which they've been trying to do since, like, show one. Instead, you know, you know, it just looked incredibly weak. I think, I think Christopher Daniels said it right a couple of weeks ago. When he, one said, he said? When he said, there is no exalted one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Starting to feel that way. Yes, go ahead. Uh, I can add on. something else. If the Dark Order's prime target is Christopher Daniels, uh-huh. how come we have, outside of the opening attack in his debut, we haven't seen Daniels, I guess, in what, two weeks? Uh, we haven't seen uh, SCU. I'm not sure where. I'm not sure where uh, Scorpio Sky is because it's been a while since we've seen him. Probably even so with, his birthday. Yeah, touche. <laughs> even, even, with, even with Colt Cabana, who helped S. See you ward off the Dark Order at the Revolution pay-per-view. Why didn't Dark Order then make, I don't know, Colt Cabana their prime target? If, again, their target is Christopher Daniels and SCU. I, I mean, I'm just not quite understanding what direction this thing is going. And I'm, like, bewildered completely. Well, I'd like to remind you that Colt Cabana is a wrestler. Do <laughs> <laughs> we keep being reminded by him that he's a wrestler? I actually said that again. <laughs> Apparently, because he keeps reminding us every week to somebody that he's <laughs> Okay, now, uh, th- this part is just bizarre for me. I, I know, uh, is this what we're going to get with Matt Hardy now in the scene where we're just going to get stupid, stupid, out-of-control fantasy crap? Because Chris Jericho, sitting in a hot tub in his blue jeans, drinking champagne, then has a conversation where he's trying to make man love to Vanguard 1. <laughs> What the hell, man? How can he even do this with a straight face as he's talking to Vanguard One as if it's not being controlled by Jeff Hardy or somebody else, that it's its own entity and tries to give it a shirt even? Wow, I just can't believe how stupid this is getting. And they did show like a quick like replay earlier of Matt Hardy calling himself Damascus and he's 3,000 years old. Man, this crap is not working for me. It is not working. I think it's cartoonish. It's cr- I didn't like it when it was in Impact. I didn't like the stupid explosions and all the crap they did in the backyard battles. No. I, I, I'll, I'll watch Power Rangers if I want to see this. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, do you guys have anything to say about this? Do you- I found the, uh, the releasing of the hounds to be hilarious because none of the oh, yeah. hounds that were released you know, uh, yeah. hounds that would actually hunt or attack a target. Like, we're talking chihuahuas and, yeah. and, and terriers. And... The whole thing was overly dumb, but I mean, yeah. it's it's painful, some of it. That was funny, though. The dogs were funny. It was just yeah. all campy. It was all campy. All right. Uh, 
Next, let's move to our main event. Sammy Guevara and Sean Spears taking on Cody and Darby Allen. Oh, and I forgot, this is one thing I wanted to say before we get to the last thing. I know they've been very critical over on POV of having Cody doing the uh, play-by-plays with Tony Schiavone. Mm -hmm. Um, I got to say, I got a kick out of it this week, especially when he kept, like, naming moves in regional areas. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like you know the, the move, but the, he's like, the "Well, in Georgia, that would be the souffle." The I sorry, I found that extremely funny and, and kind of it was kind of cool. I, I, I thought him and uh, Tony had I thought him and Tony had a really good uh, rapport back and forth. Yeah. And and did you catch when um, Tony said, "Well, I know Britt Baker," and he's like, "What? You're a married <laughs> man, Tony. What do you mean you know Britt Baker?" Like, and he started to, "Oh, well, you know, married men can have friends." And then later on, he goes, "Well." Your Mirror Universe uh, wife, which was a total Star Trek uh, reference. If you guys don't know Star Trek, you might not have got the the Mirror episode thing. But the, the two of them bantering were pretty fun. A lot better than I find Excalibur, to be honest. Yeah, I'll take Cody over Kuga Ben any week. Do you, do you remember he's a wrestler, right? Okay. Anyhow, <laughs> I don't care. Main event time. Ant, what did you think of this week's main event? I liked it. Uh, I I liked it because of the action in itself, and then I thought this was used as a promotional tool for the forthcoming TNT Championship Tournament. I mean, you're seeing, you know, the first two, I I guess, the left side of the bracket, so it was a way of promoting that tournament. So I was uh, pretty cool with it. Um, The ending, you know, was a bit of a surprise, which I also thought was cool, but then came off a bit predictable, but We'll wait until we actually reach that portion of the show to discuss. Um, I want to say, for all of AEW talking about how it's going to be different from WWE, this certainly was a WWE book match through yep. and through. From the setup to the ending to what happened, pretty much everything would have been exactly written with exactly the same type of characters in WWE. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But it was good for what it was. Darby Allen still impresses me. Man, when he did you guys notice this? When they run through the ropes, right? You watch Cody run through the ropes. And he's kind of gingerly about it. He kind of comes off with a, it's kind of hard, but not really. Yeah. And he kind of lands. And then Darby comes out with a bam. <laughs> like he's going to break his entire body as he's trying to do this. Um, kind of a contrast in those guys. Um, I don't know why Cody does dumb stuff like always trying to help the guy who's definitely going to punch him in the face every time. But he does <laughs> it every time. So I'm not sure if that's just a mental failing on his behalf or whatever. But come on, Cody. As if Darby Allen wasn't going to punch you in the face after all you've been through. <laughs> uh, really enjoy uh, Sammy Guevara. I, mm-hmm. I think he's pretty talented. I yeah. thought it was funny him uh, uh, doing his little blogging <laughs> in the beginning of the match. <laughs> uh, I think it's really leading up to him taking a beating from Cody, though, if he doesn't keep uh, uh, out of Brandy's face constantly. Um, Sean Spears still doesn't do anything for me. Man, has a guy not fallen so far than this? I mean, all the guys who came over from WWE have had success except for Sean Spears. So are they still, are they, are they still going with this, like trying to find this uh, perfect tag team partner? They didn't even mention it. Now they're doing a betting thing. <sighs> yeah. I actually was going to touch on it because I feel like, you know, with this whole gambling betting thing, this has been the most entertaining that we've seen Sean Spears. But that the question is, true. is, what is going on? with this search of the tag team partner. Um, we haven't seen Tully in we don't know how long. I mean, is the search still taking place or are we moving forward from it? Because not only have we not heard any mention of it, but then he too is also part of the TNT Championship Tournament. So it's like, okay, mm-hmm. what's going on with this? Yeah. Uh, Elio, what did you think of this match? 
Um, yeah, so it was a good match, but uh, it was uh, predictable. Like, <clears throat> like you were saying, like we were saying with the any WWE match from beginning to end. But I still like uh, Darby Allen, still a fan of his, uh, fan of Sammy Guevara. But Sean Spears, uh, not a, doesn't really do anything. Okay, okay. So all in all, guys, um, did you? Uh, who would you give this one? On our uh, sliding scale of A, B, C, D. No one ever gives E's out. That's weird. A, B, C, D, and F. Uh, Antoine, what would you give this week's uh, episode of AEW Dynamite? Well, with everything discussed, I'm looking at a B, B minus C territory. Okay. B minus. Yeah. Uh, Elio? Yeah, I'm going I'm to go with this C. A C? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say that uh, it definitely helped that it had the crowd stuff in it. Yep. Uh, there wasn't anything that really stood out super like cool in this week's episode. There was some good wrestling. I think the first match went a little long. Enjoyed the women's match, but there was too much squashes and too much uh, non-excitement. I'm going to go with a C on this one too. Now, um, before we go, before we uh, go, we're going to. I, I have a quick question for you guys. Did any of you guys yet watch NXT that was played opposite yet? I know you guys have you had a chance to watch NXT yet or no? Not yet. Not yet. No? Okay. No. Well, I, I, I did. I got a chance, and I got to say, uh, when you guys, we, we know we're going to send our votes into POV, which show we like more. I managed to watch them both back-to-back. I'm going to say this week, I'm going to give the uh, upper hand to P, uh, to NXT. Um, in there, there's a match uh, featuring Shotzi Blackheart. I don't know if you guys know who she is. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a, um, a gauntlet match where she has to fight five other girls. Like, the where she was number one in the gauntlet. And she actually took out four of the wrestlers before she got to the final. Mm-hmm. So um, it made me – I was never a fan of hers till that moment. So that's interesting to check out. Now, before we wrap up this uh, week's uh, – uh, time with Ant and our time in AEW. Uh, they posted up this whole new uh, AEW TNT Championship Tournament coming up for this new belt, the Dynamite belt. Uh, they released the first uh, bracket, the first round, and I want to just going to quickly go over who you guys think uh, we'll, we'll pick for each round and see how we do. Okay. Uh, in round one, we have Cody Rhodes versus Sean Spears. Ant, uh, Ant who makes it to the next round? Cody? Uh, who do you think, Elio? Cody. Cody? Okay. Uh, I'm going to say Sean Spears. Just because I think Cody needs to be eliminated out of this tournament. Get him out now. And uh, Sean definitely needs some kind of rub. Even if it's just a one one match in. All right. Uh, Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara. Oh. Ant? Go with the Darby. Darby? Okay. Yep. Uh, Elio? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Darby on this one. Okay. Uh, Sorry, Sammy. I'm going to go with Darby, too. Sorry, Sammy. Dustin Rhodes versus Kip who? No, Savior. Just kidding. <laughs> is that, is that even a question? Yeah, and? If they book this thing correctly, uh-huh. I'm thinking Dustin. Okay. Is that your pick? Yeah. In your heart? Okay, if Dustin. correctly, yeah. Elio? Yeah, I'm going with Dustin on this one. I'm going to go with Kip Savior. Okay. <laughs> All right. Lance Archer versus Colt Cabana. Oh, my God. Is this even a question? All right. <laughs> And going back to being booked correctly, I'm going with Lance Archer. Yep. Okay. Lance Archer. Okay. You know what? I'm going out on a limb, and I'm not going to say Cole Cabana. I'm going to say double disqualification. Uh, oh. Kip Sabian moves into the finals against whoever. Oh. 
Okay. I say Lance, Lance has a reputation of going apeshit crazy and not caring about wins. I say him and Colt go crazy, carries it out. They both get disqualified, and my pick of Kip Sabian moves into the final with the automatic birth. Okay. So, fans, we will find out next week how we are soon as, as things progress, how our picks will go. We'll make more picks as the uh, tournament progresses. Uh, Ant, thanks for stepping in with us, man. Uh, always great to hear. Ant writes a regular uh, literary view of AEW. I believe it probably is appearing today on the, uh, well, probably when you hear the show, maybe the day before or the same day, but go check it out on uh, our Facebook page on Wrestling POV Podcast. Also, uh, look forward to seeing uh, Elio's regular literary view of uh, NXT UK, and I cover the MLW shows, and all week, the three of us try and uh, check out the most shows that we can on our show. I mean, obviously, we haven't been able to do anything with New Japan because, well, there hasn't been any New Japan. But, uh, Ant, thanks for joining us this week. Uh, have yourself a great day. And uh, anything you want to throw out there, buddy? Um, yeah, if I could just throw in one more yes. thing. Uh, we are literally a week and a few days away from the debut of Mixed Martial Arts Point of View podcast. It will be myself, Rick Serrano third, and Tony Diaz. We where we will be giving our POV on all things mixed martial arts. The hope is that there will be a fight come April 18th because that's the fight we're supposed to get into, mm -hmm. uh, UFC 249. But things are a little shaky. We'll see where things go. If for any reason there isn't a fight, the show is still going to come forth because there's still a lot to talk about in reference to the world of mixed martial arts. Excellent. I was just going to ask you that. If, the, if there are no fights for a bit, will the show go on as regular or be pushed back? So, fans, it is coming. What is that date again, Anton? That is Sunday, April 12th. Sunday, April 12th. Check it out here on this network. And you can find all of these shows on iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, um, SoundCloud, um, a guy with a rusty tin can down the street with a string. We are everywhere. So check us out. Wrestling POV. We've got POV Global. We have Wrestling POV. And what is the name of your new show again, Anton? Mixed Martial Arts POV. Woo! MMA POV. Now, the only question I got to ask you, this is a serious question that I've always wanted to know because you're the MMA guy, right? Yep. Okay. If King Mo walks into an MMA ring today against any any competitor of his size, what happens to King Mo? He's going to sleep. <laughs> I told you, King Mo, your glass jaw is getting you nowhere, fool. Take your umbrella and get that. I, I, I told you, King Mo is not Why feeling. He carry, I heard he I carried an umbrella too. King Mo is not feeling with anyone in uh, the wrestling industry. He's feeling with TJ Logan. You see, me and a feud, especially a verbal feud with King Mo, is like. I don't know. He's like coming to like a, a dictionary fight without even his clothes on. He keeps taking a beating. <laughs> oh, yes. You know, give up, mole. Take your umbrella. Oh, Bad images all around. <laughs> That's an image you guys want to see a naked old <laughs> mole. Anyway, Anton, thank you for joining us. Uh, folks, we're going to get into the second half of the. Well, obviously the second part of our well, we're gonna get into the next part of our show where we're gonna talk a little bit of mlw and a little bit of nxt uk so uh let's uh let's go to a break uh, elio That's i good. could not help but notice on my uh on my video chat here that you are wrestling wrestling you are wearing a wrestling pov shirt where did you get that i'm awfully glad you asked because i got this t-shirt at prowrestlingtees.com yeah, and you know what, fans? There are, what is it, four different designs available. Mm -hmm. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com backslash WrestlingPOV, and you can get some delicious WPOV swag. 
Those t-shirts look pretty sharp. Uh, Elio, you look good in one. I tell you, I'm not even wearing pants right now. I'm only wearing one. Don't look oh, down. Oh, look bad images. Don't look. Okay, yes. <laughs> yes, I I am wearing the pro of the WPOV G-string underwears. But let's not get into that now. Hey, fans, welcome back. Let's get in to... Uh, Let's get into WWE NXT UK for the week. Interesting set of matches. Um, first of all, you know what? I'm going to go quickly through because we've got a few minutes here. Let's go quickly right through them. Okay. Uh, we start off with uh, Jordan Devlin showing a package of him, yada, yada. He was okay. Uh, let's talk Fabian Eichner and Marcel Barthel versus Oliver Carter and Ashton Smith. What did you think of the match overall, buddy? Uh, this was a good good opening. Um, I, like I said in my column, Oliver Carter works better in a tag team than rather than a singles. I was impressed with his debut, which, he, agree lo- there. which he lost. So, um, yeah, not a bad uh, opening match. I gotta agree. I think Ashton Smith. I think Ashton Smith's okay as a singles himself, but yeah, he's uh, really compliments Oliver Carter really well. Um, this was good to see uh, Eichner and Barthel as they're a very strong team. They they really uh, they really click. In a lot of ways, they remind me of um, of the revival without the hokey crap. They're like the more refined revival. Yep. They're definitely hard hitting. Um, you know, knock them down. They, they do have a lot of tag, cool tag team things going on. Although I want to throw up props. I know you did your article too, to a move that uh, where uh, I believe Oliver Carter kind of flipped over the rope onto the back of Ashes. Yes. So they're back yep. to back. And then Smith kind of hoisted him up and he did a flip off to it on the rope. That, that was pretty innovative and mm-hmm. something I hadn't seen before. So I enjoyed that. O- overall though, very strong match. Uh, probably one of the strongest matches on there. Um, uh, they showed some weird thing of Gallus playing uh, poker, which uh, with their accents was a little bit hard to follow, but okay. Um, then the Nino, the Nina Samuel show finally makes a return against Aoife Valkyrie. And I got to say that this was probably the best I've seen Nina Samuel's yep. fight in a while. Yep. Um, Valkyrie, she is finally slowing down a little bit on the showboating. Uh, she did a little bit of it, but nowhere as bad as she's done mm-hmm. in the past. And, uh, Talk about fire in that little girl, man. When uh, Samuel slapped her, she pretty much wrote her own death sentence right there because that was a kick to the face that took her right out. <coughs> what do you think of this match, buddy? This was uh, – I really like this match. This was the best uh, I've seen in the Samuels. Uh, next, we move on to A-Kid versus Noam Dar. Um, A-Kid finally showed me that uh, he can be somewhat interesting. He still loses – he doesn't really still have a lot of personality. I think it's because he doesn't speak English very well. It's mm-hmm. probably uncomfortable. Uh, but he showed a little bit more life this week. Noam Dar is really in danger of becoming X-Pac. Um, he's getting to the point where you just hate him, the person, not the wrestler or anything, that you can't stand him. Because if you stop and turn off the TV and just watch the match, he's actually pretty talented, but he's so freaking obnoxious and horrible and just carries on that you just can't see past it. It's just a blur of hate. Especially you know? after especially after the match when he got on the mic and he cut that promo about how he's going to be the next NXT UK champion. Yeah, that's that's just didn't cut it for me either. Uh, they, they kept this whole bunch of vignettes things going on during the show, like people talking about this 20-man thing. Uh, you made the best comments. It's true. 
Dragon off is so freaking awkward when he talks. That guy <laughs> right? got him. Especially he's awkward that when he's way. not in the ring. But especially that well, one trouble. Like he, like he, yeah, I think he, he was on the side and his head was like leaning in. <laughs> it's just funny because it seems like when he's in the ring, he's good. But when he's out of the ring, he's like a weird cartoon character. You yep. seen the the time he was walking all dressed up with his thing? And, <laughs> oh my lord! Maybe let's until he learns to relax. Uh, NXT don't don't give us Dragonoff on the <laughs> ring. Maybe don't even interview him for a while. Maybe get him a manager, a hot Russian chick. I think maybe like Atlanta or something. Yeah, or Lena. Or whatever her name. There you go. All right, uh, main event time: the Irish Ace Devlin, Jordan Devlin against the Kiwi Buzzsaw Travis Banks. Um, in some ways, this match was a bit disappointing for me because I thought it a little better. I, I expected a little more. What did you think? Now, this was uh, the second time they... Uh, yeah, they... In, like the last year. Yeah, okay. Uh, um, this one uh, wasn't as good as our first match. I enjoyed the first match a lot better. Yeah, and you know, it wasn't the greatest of main events. But all in all, I think it was fairly solid. Um, I see that you gave it a B this week. Yep. I am going to agree with you and give it a B also. Okay. Okay. So, uh, phone, as, as, as I learned to speak English again <laughs> in my days in France. No, um, so fans, that was our wrap up of this week's uh, WWE NXT UK. Let's take a look now at the Craptacular Mo Show. I mean, oh, let's no. look at MLW. Oh, no. Now, Mo League Wrestling. Uh, <laughs> oh league wrestling oh my god they are pushing i wish the guy had some talent maybe if he had some talent i wouldn't be so uh bad but i am sick of king mo anyone who reads my article this week will think that maybe king mo peed in my cereal or something but he may as well have because his wrestling is the equivalent of him peeing in my cereal this week because this guy is let me tell you what he is uh elio he's what Western Canadians, uh, wrestling, wrestling aficionados have a word for what Kimo is. He's what we lovingly refer to as the drizzling shits. You know, it's like having diarrhea down the back of your <laughs> self as, on a cold day as you're walking home. There's no toilet around and the drizzling shits falls out of you and you feel embarrassed, humiliated, disgusted. That's exactly the things that King Mo is. He's all this of those why, things. This is why we have no more toilet paper. That's right, because King Mo makes us all shit. That's that's it. There's no coronavirus. There's a King Mo virus. It's infected MLW. It's affecting the internet. And apparently it's affecting our bungholes. None of us have toilet paper who've watched King Mo because you just can't stop shitting because it's that bad. I'm starting to get the feeling I don't like King Mo. Okay, let's, let's, let's talk about this week's episode, okay? Well, that's how you really um, feel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sure we do. There's bungholes across the nation. Whistle, anyways. Um, okay, we start off uh, our episode with a flashback of uh, of um, Team Filthy's run-ins with uh, Killer Cross, David Boy Smith mm -hmm. Jr., and the Von Erichs. This ongoing thing. Uh, we see King Mo at the end of the breakup thing, like look like he hit the uh, hit. King Mo hits Killer Cross in the back with something. Then this flash-up comes up. We are told that King Mo has been suspended by MLW uh, Wrestling. But wait, his manager has gotten their lawyers and they filed an injunction and now King Mo will be allowed to still compete while this ongoing appeal, all within the span of five days. Oh uh, yeah, whatever, <laughs> wow. nonsense, whatever, nonsense. But okay, so 
It's supposed to make King Mo look tough, but he still gets to wrestle. Okay, Continu- whatever. Continuity this- goes out the window. Yeah. Okay, then we have Alicia Atute, who I know you ask me every week what I think of her. She's okay. Plus, she's pretty attractive. I'll give her that. Um, she comes out, and fans talk about, you know, I love MLW, but this is the stuff that drives me crazy, is the horrible foreshadowing, okay? When you know something's going to happen. It's like if a wrestler comes back, and they say right at the beginning of the show, oh, and don't forget that uh, Elio is in with uh, – We've seen that he's got his taped up ribs. I hope he's okay. You know he's taking a beating in those taped ribs, okay? Um, when they mention that a wrestler has surgically repaired knee, you know the guy's going to work over his knee and do something devastating. It's just the bad continue, the bad writing of wrestling. So when Alicia Toot, in the very beginning of the show, comes out and says, I was supposed to have an interview with Brian Pillman Jr., but he doesn't seem to be around. No one knows where he is. He might not. Oh, and now we find he probably won't be facing Jordan Oliver today. What's going on? Now, in any real world, if somebody didn't show up for an interview, you wouldn't have the host, the interviewer whining on camera about it. They would just go grab someone else and interview him. So you know something bad is going to happen to Brian Pillman Jr. And we're going to see it, obviously, because it's wrestling. Nothing happens without you seeing it, unless it's Matt's being jumped at the pay window, which we never did see. Okay, so... We got that horrible foreshadowing. And I loved how she says, he's never, this isn't like Brian Pillman Jr. not to show up and not to say a word. And yet we cut right away to the hosts, AJ and Rich, who, what's the first thing they say? Oh, well, Brian Pillman Jr. is usually late for everything. <laughs> like, wow, guys, get the same script. What the hell? Okay, anyways, um, we get this horrible interview with uh, Team Filthy and King Mo, who now I'm going to call Super Week, because if you're going to put King Mo in your group, you're weak. Okay, so he comes out. Uh, he's in the background. Dominic Garini decides he's going to do the old uh, what Hoist Gracie used to do: come out and offer five thousand dollars to anybody who can last like five minutes in the ring with him. And you know what that means? It's going to be a bunch of Dominic Garini snooze matches coming up. Uh, and of course, we have King Mo um, saying that he's the knockout king, and he's going to prove to Low Key that he's the knockout king, despite the fact that he has a glass jaw, which is known from MMA days. So. Mm-hmm. Like, I got to say, I don't know who's writing this shit, but it's obviously the irony is involved. Um, we get the first match. Dominic Garini throws out the challenge. You know they're going to throw a bunch of people who have no chance in the beginning. But who knew that Dr. Dax was that much of a, a jobber? Because he certainly jobbed out this week. And uh, he did not uh, – he didn't look good at all. I thought, um, for, I thought for sure he'd win. <laughs> Just no, so not, no, new, not, no, not Just really. so he buy new tights, right? Because <laughs> get a new costume. <laughs> Um, wow. Uh, I gotta say, this was a snooze fest. Yeah. What you'd expect. It was boring and it was crappy. It was terrible. Uh, we cut to a really good promo with all the Dynasty members except Richard Holiday, which they never really explained. Mm -hmm. Uh, with MJF giving a pretty good, uh, a pretty good promo about, uh, running Vance Warner out of town. Yeah, he's gonna fuck Vance up. He's gonna fuck Vance up. Those are the words he said. Okay. Uh, in my thing I wrote from diamonds to crap, we get then we go to a King Mo highlight reel. Which if you have no highlights in your career, how do you make a reel? I don't understand. <laughs> if you're that crappy, uh, so let's go to his low light reel, because that's what he is. He's a low light. Um, it was bad. Um, we go back to uh, Alicia saying she's called Brian many times, but he's not answering. Oh no, they are gonna cancel the match with Jordan Oliver. Wow, oh, no. this really seems like legit. Okay. Moving on. We go to uh, another inter- – whoa. 
No, they actually went to a match this time, not 18 interviews in a row. Okay, that's fine. We go to a match where MLW cha Cruiserweight champion Alexander Hammerstone go, puts his belt up against the Blackheart member T-Hawk. Now, the sad part is this was the best match of the night. Yep. However, let's point out a few things. T-Hawk stands at five foot nine. Alexander Hammerstone at six foot two. T-Hawk weighs 190 pounds. Hammerstone weighs 260 pounds. <laughs> what would be a good idea is if T-Hawk stood toe-to-toe -to -toe and tried to outslug him, which is what he tried to do. And as you can imagine, he didn't win. Who would have thought that you can't beat a guy who's 80 pounds heavier than you, who stands six inches taller than you? Who would have thought you couldn't beat that guy in a fist fight? Oh, my God. Uh, I'm going to say this yeah. This wasn't a good match, but it was uh, the best match on this uh, show. I know. Isn't that sad? <laughs> <laughs> it was the best match on the show. That was the worst part. Oh, my God. I love ML Double, but you're killing me this week. All right. Uh, next, we go to uh, low-key highlights. They were okay. Be with Alicia talking about to Conan and he's talking about the upcoming I think it starts next week where MLW versus AAA to be held in Mexico yep. now I earlier said that they did some Mexican stuff that was terrible I should point out it wasn't AAA last time it was Crash or something like that it was, oh, okay. it was a different company this is actually AAA which has some legitimate wrestling stuff okay I think I remember you saying so, that, that the other one was called Crash yeah so uh, hopefully we'll get some better wrestling out of this um, we're told then that the next week uh, there will be an update for Killer Cross. Well, I'm really curious to see how they're going to explain him no longer in the W, uh, that he's no longer in MLW. That'll be interesting. Uh, we cut to M Matt Warner, who for once cut an interview that wasn't as abrasive as MJF's. You know, mm -hmm. MJF said, I'm going to fuck you up, man. <laughs> well, MJF said, it's time for, or Matt says, it's time for MJF to pay for what he's done. Pretty good, pretty good. Um, then we get uh, back to Alicia again. Once again, the third time in a row, moaning about Brian Pillman Jr. Only this time, uh, uh, injustice, ro injustice rolls up. Uh, mm -hmm. They say, hey, you got to take this phone and go to the back to the production truck and take a look. There's a really interesting film you're going to find in here. You know what? I said in my column, five bucks says it isn't a cat video. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, main event time. Low key versus King Mo. Now, this makes me mad on so many levels, okay? First of all, King Mo, you do not deserve to be in a match with Loki yet. You haven't proven dick, plus you have no pedigree coming in. You're terrible, and you have the most ridiculous costume, get-up. Everything about you is a joke. So why is Loki, the former world champion, giving you a match? No freaking idea. What did you think of this match, buddy? Amen. Tell us how you really feel, TJ. Is King Mo, this match sucked. This match was garbage from beginning to end. <laughs> Thank God King Mo cheated to win because if he got, if they got a legitimate victory over Loki, my faith in MLW is over. It's over. Um, as it was, it took Team Filthy and Tom Lawler and King Mo and King Mo's manager to get the pin over Loki. So at least there's that. Um, I got to say, oh, okay, the last thing we cut to is we cut to what was on that film and uh, on the phone, and it was a film of Jordan Oliver and Injustice jumping Brian Pillman Jr. in the parking lot, taking him out, and get this, giving him a curb stomp on a cinder block. I'm sorry, was this uh, before they went off, uh, they went yeah, off the air? Yeah, before they went off the air, right after the... Oh, okay, okay. Right. Ah, you turned it off, didn't you? And discussed the King Mo and didn't. Talk to him, <laughs> did you? I Busted. did. I couldn't take any more of King Mo. 
I'm like, I can't, I can't take no more. Well, you know, I, I said in my article, this will either, either we've seen the last of Brian Pillman Jr. for a while because of this curb stomp to the, um, to the cinder block, or I've underestimated the power of that glorious mullet of his. Perhaps the mullet rose up in its brilliance and glorification and softened his blow against the cinder block, and he'll be back for revenge next week. Never count out a mullet as beautiful as Brian Pillman Jr. Because if you do, you're a fool. Oh, my. Oh, wow. Anyways, this week's episode, way too much King Mo. Uh, at least a, a reduction in the amount of commercials. However, the main event was crappy. King Mo is like, it's like you may have a beautiful painting, but if you rub a turd on it, you still put shit on the painting. And that's what he did. He rubbed his turd all over uh, the main event. Low key, as great as he is, could not uh, save this. Don McCarini pretty much put me to sleep. And when T-Hawk and Hammerstone is the best match on the card... Oh, it makes me think I'm going to have to give it. I, I gave it a B, but I'm looking at it now. And after talking about it, I'm going to give it a B minus. I got to take a step down. You only so, have to go with a B minus. All right. Now, I, I, I guess, what, what does that put us at? That puts us at uh, MLW is a B minus. I believe we had M, NXT UK as a B. Yep. And with our scores on AEW, I think averaged around a C. Wow. So looks like N, NXT UK taking this week's. MLW taking the one point and AEW with the zero with the goose egg. Yeah. Okay, so that, that puts us at 18 for NXT UK, mm-hmm. 9 for MLW, and mm-hmm. uh, AEW season 9. So okay. MLW and AEW are tied. Oh my. Oh my. King Mo, don't you ruin this for them. All right, uh, folks. You know, we had a good time talking to me. We talked about a bunch of fun stuff. We talked some serious stuff in the beginning. We're interested in your comments. What did you think of what we talked about with MLW? What did you think about NXT? I'm more curious, though. What did you think of Chris Benoit when we talked about that about that story? What did you think of Teddy Hart? And you know what? Uh, I'm going to hopefully try to see if uh, Elio can maybe also post a link in the comment sections to the Maria Menick uh, YouTube thing just so you folks who are wondering what the hell we're talking about can get a more rounded idea of the second half of the story. Um, we'd like to know though, Elio, tell the great people where they can write into with comments. Well, for, for, for obviously you could comment on uh, Facebook right under this posting or whatever place that you find it that it's been shared to, but you can also get a hold of us. Where else, buddy? Okay. So it's uh, wrestling POV on a podcast on Facebook, uh, wrestling POV one on Instagram and wrestling POV on Twitter. You know what? We had a great time, folks. Uh, what a great escape. You know, we've all been stuck at home, a lot of us here, under different forms of isolation or quarantine. Be safe, people. I mean, I know in this day day and age, it's pretty much sad that I have to say wash your hands. But hey, come on, wash your fucking hands, guys. Come on. And quit touching your face. You would not believe how much, when I stopped and thought about it, I touched my face an incredible amount. I got to stop that crap, okay? I don't care if I have to wear little mittens like a kitten wrapped up. If that's what it's going to take, fine. Uh, for me, this has been day 16 at home. It's been a tough one. I'm here for a while. But you know what? As much as it sucks, as much as it's, it's, it's hard, we've got to get ahead of this pandemic. We've got to get rid of it. And the best way to keep us, because if you know what? If we mess around with this, if we don't take this seriously, it's going to be even two more. It'll be another month or two where um, we're not even going to have uh, any more jobs and things. It's, we'll be stuck at home for even longer. So, um, yeah. I don't know what to say, folks. Just keep safe, keep clean. Watch wrestling. This is your chance to catch up on old wrestling. Uh, AWWE, they're still, they're still doing matches. 
MLW has got a bunch of exciting stuff in the can. NXT UK has got some good stuff in the can. Keep watching. Keep writing. Uh, we want to say a special thank you to our fans all across the world. Is there a country you want me to send a special uh, shout out to this week, Elio? The ones uh, in Italy. In Italy, of course. Our Italian friends stuck in the, the epicenter of a lot of this where it's probably some of the worst. And I also want to say a special shout out to all our fans in England because England's also a country really beleaguered right now uh, with, with what's going on. Stay safe. Keep clean. Watch wrestling. Listen to Wrestling POV. Listen to Wrestling POV Global. Listen to our new MMA show coming up. Elio, always a blast talking with you, brother. You have yourself a great day. And right. uh, say goodnight to the good people. All right. Thanks. We'll talk to you all next week.